0: what's going on everyone welcome to the just the west podcast happy fucking friday everyone and the reason why i say that emphatically is because we are going into the divisional round of the postseason in the nfl and we still have two teams in the nfc west repping in the playoffs saturday it's going to be the first time at Levi stadium where they actually have a game to celebrate and cheer on in the month of January it's gonna be at Levi Stadium it's a 1 30 game where the number six seed the Minnesota Vikings go on the road they travel to San Francisco in Santa Clara kind of weird but uh, bear with me they're gonna be at Santa Clara Levi Stadium San Francisco 49ers in what should be a lit game I live in the Bay Area Chuck Ticketmaster are trying to get tickets Not so much. It's about like $500 a ticket in the nosebleeds. So we'll talk about that game in a bit. And then um, come Sunday time, you have the Seattle Seahawks who are coming off um, a tough... Well, not necessarily tough, but I mean, it's still tough to go to Philadelphia a bit. There was no Carson Wentz in this matchup. But they come out with a tough road victory. And now... To make things even more kooky, yeah, they're going to go to Green Bay. They're going to go to Green Bay. The Seahawks are the number five seed. And they go to Green Bay to play the Packers, the number two seed. And that game is going to be at 340. And so you have two NFC West teams right now where, you know, obviously the Niners and the Seahawks, they know each other very well. And so if you look on paper for this, you know, the Saturday time frame. You have a big divisional matchup between the Vikings and the Niners. And you have the Seahawks and the Packers on Sunday. Potentially, if both NFC West teams were to win and come out with the dub, you might see round three of the Seahawks and the 49ers. And just keep in mind, going into the regular season, just to go back on that record, the Seahawks beat the Niners on Monday Night Football. I believe it was week nine. Don't quote me on that, but... They beat them at San Francisco uh, when the Niners were undefeated, and so that was a big victory for the Seahawks. Conversely, the Niners got a little bit of payback on the last week of the season, in Week 17, in which the Niners um, beat them by a hair, beat them at inches at Seattle, in which the Niners took the division, took the bye week, got the top seed in the NFC Conference, and we're here right now. So... We'll go ahead and break down these games one game at a time but just uh talk a little fast forward if both teams were to come out victorious you're looking at a pretty epic duel for the nfc conference championship ah so let's go ahead and get our ears tuned let's talk some nfc west football baby we out here so come saturday time 1 30 this is a game that i've been looking forward to no bias kind of some about bias but the Niners are playing their first playoff game at home, and this is a really interesting game because they're playing the Vikings, and the Vikings, you know, going into this uh, last weekend, I looked at, you know, the potential opponents that the Niners could play uh, for January 11th, you know, it could have been the Seahawks, could have been the Eagles, and it could have been the Vikings, and offhand, I actually wanted the Niners to play the Vikings because, um you know, in regards to quarterback play, you know, for me, come postseason time, I think that, uh, you know, if I want the Niners to come out victorious, I like my chances against a more pocket oriented um, passer. And, you know, Carson Wentz and Russell Wilson, they're, they're very mobile quarterbacks, and they give, you know, Niners, their front seven, their front four, trouble, you know, containing the quarterback. And so I said, shoot, go ahead and give me Kirk Cousins um, more, more so than anything. Uh, Kirk Cousins is a immobile quarterback, he's a pocket passer, and I like the chances for the Niners to take advantage of that, um, Should that opportunity come. Now fast forward, that happened, that happened, and so the Vikings on the road against New Orleans, they upsetted Drew Brees at the Dome, which was crazy when you think about it, because come overtime and all that, um, Kyle Rudolph... There's some controversy with that, but they had the go-ahead touchdown in overtime. Kirk Cousins had some clutch plays. Um, He had a nice 45-yard throw to Adam Thielen to get them at the goal line and threw a nice fade route to Kyle Rudolph to get the win. And so now from the national perspective, when you look at this, the run game came back, Devin Cook, um, you know, he was... He needed to be where he needed to be. He started... Great the first half. Kinda got contained the second half. But all in all, he had ninety-eight rushing yards, two touchdowns. I mean, the Vikings were able to play third type of ball game, which is running the football and putting Kirk Cousins in play action. They ran forty times and they kept the game rather contained. Drew Brees, for all his successes, he was contained to only just ten points in that third quarter. And so now flipping the script. You have the number six seed against the number one seed in the Niners. And if you look at some of the national pundits right now, a lot of them are picking the Vikings for the upsets. They feel that the momentum is there. They feel that Delvin Cook running the football very well, that that is right there. And then more importantly too, I think the biggest thing that has been the knock on this Vikings team has been Kirk Cousins. Because Kirk Cousins, I I don't know the stat offhand, but... primetime games, Monday night football, Sunday night football, whatever. He was winless. And this was his biggest game of his career in which he responded on the biggest stage at New Orleans. And so it makes you think, you know, is this a team of destiny? Do they have that swagger? Uh, Maybe, but I am quite surprised for the fact that most of the national pundits did choose the Vikings to overcome the Niners. And this is a Niners team that is well-rested. They're coming off a bye week being the the top seed in the NFC Conference. And they really needed this bye week because their defense was was reeling with injuries. And to make things more encouraging, you know, for this game, they're going to have strong safety, Jokiski Tart. They're going to have linebacker, Quan Alexander. And not confirmed quite yet as of right now, this Friday night, but it looks like... D Ford should play, uh, he was questionable, uh, limited in practice this week, but you're going to have three potential starters, and they're going to play the Vikings, and the Vikings have to travel west coast, and here we are right now. The Niners are currently favored by, depending on where you go, 6.5 points, 7 points, over under 44.5 last time I checked, and so let's go ahead and you know talk about the matchups and what I see. Uh, for the San Francisco 49ers. So, when the Niners have the football, I mean, what are we looking at? Because you're looking at a Vikings defense that's being hyped up tremendously, and as they should, um, based off th- their front seven. Honestly, when you look at both defenses, they're eerily similar. You know, they have really good pass rush, shifty linebackers, and a rather decent secondary group. Um, in, in different positions. And so, first and foremost, when the Niners have the football, the biggest thing for them is going to be pass protection. Okay? Now, the reason why the Saints were losers last week against the Vikings was because, yeah, man, it was the interior pass rush that fucked them up. You have Daniel Hunter. You have Everson Griffin. Uh, you, those bad boys got in. And even, you know... They even used a little bit of, you know, Anthony Barg, Eric Kendricks, um, their linebackers. But they they mixed and matched, and they really attacked um, the A-gaps. That's something that Mike Zimmer, the head coach of the Vikings, has done really well. Um, That's what he's been kind of known for, but the double A-gap blitz, um, attacking the interior, uh, really challenging the guards and centers, and come... Game time for the Niners. That is something where I expect them to do the same thing to what they did against the Saints. Just because when you look at Mike Person, guard for the Niners, he's coming off a neck injury. He's gonna be limited. Um, you have Lakin and Tomlinson. And you know, off the bench, just depending on how things go. I mean, for Mike Person, if he's not up to the challenge, you have Daniel Brunskill coming off the bench. And so those are the weak points for the Niners offensive line. And I think for them, whether they do, you know, shift those, uh, those edge guys inside or if they challenge Staley or McGlinchey, I think that that's going to be a big emphasis for the Niners' offense and that offensive line. Uh, the good thing for Jimmy Garoppolo is he does have a very quick release, um, but at the same time, too, they did play a couple years back, actually. Uh, I believe it was Jimmy G's. First year as a starter and yeah I mean uh, Jimmy G didn't do so hot given I know it was a couple years back things have changed Jimmy G has certainly gotten better since then but you know it does make you wonder um, you know the Vikings can certainly bring the pressure bring the heat uh, on this Niners offense and so I'm gonna be curious to see how Kyle Shanahan adjusts to the line um, so there's that uh, conversely You know, for Jimmy G, kind of similar to the Vikings. I mean, honestly, both these teams are very eerily similar in terms of, like, their offensive philosophy. Uh, They like to run zone-blocking schemes. They like to challenge uh, East and West on the linebackers for opposing defenses. Uh, Once you kind of stretch them out, they like to attack down the middle on play action. And so, conversely, um, where are some of the mismatches on the passing game Uh, because I feel that uh, for this uh, Niners offense actually uh, this Vikings front seven they do very well defending the run but their secondary I won't say it's rather weak but there you know there's some some caveats to to be said over there you have Xavier Rhodes who's been you know he's been struggling the last couple weeks Um, Mackenzie Alexander he's out and Nickelback they had Sandejo come in for that and so you can see some um, opportunity over there and so having said that the wide receivers i think that emmanuel sanders and Debo samuel could take plenty of advantage on this secondary from the uh i won't say from the outside but you know at the receiver position uh typically for these vikings cornerbacks or, or the secondary in general they're used to playing um some pretty tall receivers actually they're Used to playing the Atlanta Falcons, Julio Jones. They're used to playing Michael Thomas of the Saints. Uh, some bigger receivers. But the Niners present a different type of poison. Quick, shifty, speedy, undersized receivers. Good precise route running. And so I think the Niners could take advantage of that, actually. Uh, another thing in this passing game is Harrison Smith or, I guess, Eric Kendricks, depending on the matchup. But either either player, they're going to be lined up against George Kittle the people's tight end for the Niners so I'll be really intrigued to see how that goes down and then last but not least I think um, you know people don't well I don't know if people don't talk about him but he's a fullback uh, Kyle Juszczyk he's been interesting the last couple weeks in the season where you know you don't have that many fullbacks in the league catching 30 40 yard um, passes from their quarterback and so I think that the pieces that they have, whether it's Debo Samuel, who's like a wide receiver slash running back on some of these plays, you have George Kittle, who's like an H-back tight end, you have Kyle Juszczyk, full fullback tight end, conversely, I mean, yeah, they have a couple of interesting pieces on this offense where I think that, the, you know, as much as Kyle Shanahan will try to run the ball, and I think he'll do a decent job, but I think that... The moment of opportunity for the niners is going to be in the passing game i think that kyle shanahan is going to have to find some soft spots and take advantage of this viking secondary and so that's what i see when the niners have the football on the flip side so let's just say that kirk cousins and this vikings offense they're driving down the field and so what am i looking at for the niners now for the niners defensively I think that first and foremost, they have to stop the run. Dalvin Cook, uh, Madison, uh, they run the football very well. They run the ball so well that they run it kind of like the Niners. Zone-blocking scheme. And with that being said, Dalvin Cook, in comparison to like, you know, your Tevin Coleman's, your Matt Burritos, your Raheem Mostert's of the world, no, they don't do a committee. They have a workhorse in Dalvin Cook. And he does very well. I mean, he is a premier sort of running back where he's a he's a heavier set. But you wouldn't notice by the type of speed that he, he brings once he gets the football. And so containing Dalvin Cook is going to be a big point of emphasis f- for this Niners team. Because, you know, this is something where I was looking forward to having this matchup against the Vikings. Uh, Kirk Cousins, when he's under duress, he is not mobile enough to evade the pass rush. Nor do I feel uh, him having the composure to do well under pressure. Because, I mean, let's be honest. If, if D Ford can give them any sort of pass rush, just limited their downs with Bosa and Buckner in Armstead. I mean, that's a hellacious pass rush. That is something that they haven't had all season. Because everyone's been hurt, you know, different parts of the season. But if you can get them all healthy, that is all good for them. And I'm sure for the Vikings, they're going to try to avoid that situation by running the football keeping them, you know, more at ease with the pass rush to avoid these obvious passing downs. Uh, And so that should be really interesting in how they contain the run because if they can contain the run, then it will set them up for some really interesting playmaking ability from this front four pass rush. Conversely, um, you know, another thing that kind of puts me on the ponder is the Vikings are obviously going to be running the football and this sort of Niners team is interesting because this Niners team is kind of built for defending passing offenses you know with this pass rush um, their cover three scheme uh, their their rangy linebackers with Warner and Alexander Greenlaw but in this instance K1 Williams you know their nickelback but in this instance if The Vikings use a similar scheme, which is 21 personnel with two running backs and a tight end and all that, where they put themselves in, you know, running packages. I'll be intrigued to see how Quan Alexander does in his first game back. Uh, There's been some rumors that they're going to have him limited, that Dre Greenlaw, the rookie, will keep the weak side linebacker spots. You'll have Quan Alexander um as the mic and then you'll put Quan alexander on paper you'll have him at strong side at the sam linebacker and so by theory you know sam linebackers typically play like 30 35 percent of snaps on usual nfl games but you know if the vikings really try to run uh you might see him out there and i think that if i were the vikings i would try to test Quan alexander and his you know his injured pictorial I would try to test Jokiski Tart and his injured ribs. Uh, I would try to test those guys in the front seven, try to stretch them out um, horizontally. And so uh, that is something that I would be very intrigued to see how, you know, the, these heralded starters coming back off their injury to see how they're going to perform. Because if I'm the Vikings, that's what I'm going to test. I'm going to test how well they can tackle, how well they can cover. And if I force the Niners to be on, on base set downs, I put Quan Alexander right there. Uh, I like my chances. I, I really do. And so that is something that I'm going to be really intrigued to watch. Last but not least, X-Factor. is talking all this junk about Kirk Cousins. And, you know, he certainly has the capability. But let's keep in mind that this Niners team is a young team. Jamie Garoppolo, George Kittle, Deville Samuel. I mean, all these guys this is their first time in the playoffs okay and you can make a couple things saying that the last five weeks for the niners have been playoff like atmosphere but at the end of the day this is for real you know how will these guys go under pressure they're gonna be at home but it's just a different feel to play january football um, the x-factor i'm putting in is how would this offense execute because uh, everyone's talking about this Vikings defense and this hellacious pass rush. And this is why the Vikings, for a lot of these national riders, are picking the Vikings to, uh, to upset the Niners. Because they feel that this front seven is going to get the best out of this young Niners team. Now, can this Niners team continue to, to roll out and squeak out the, these close wins? Uh, I'm optimistic. I'm i'm just i'm just not seeing it uh for the vikings and so you know all in all i I looked at this matchup and there's good on both sides of the football because both these teams are eerily similar but i will go ahead and give the niners uh give me the niners 30 uh give me the vikings 24. i can understand i've seen a a couple other people like predict the score like you know very low scoring and all that but you know the last time the Niners scored like less than sixteen points it was like, I guess the Redskins, you know, in a monsoon where they scored like nine points, but outside of that, like at home, they averaged like twenty nine points a game. They score points. They can. Kyle Shanahan will have his bevy of plays that he's been have reserved up to this occasion. He's not gonna hold back come postseason time, and so I'll be very intrigued to see how their first time playoff guys perform i'm going to be intrigued to see how the pass rush goes i'll be intrigued to see how the the injured guys coming back for the very first time in weeks respond uh come playoff time but i'm very optimistic that you know having this bye week being healthy and mentally just being prepared uh the last couple weeks and playing the in these tightly contested games i think that is going to be very good for the niners and i see them winning 30 to 24. All right. Conversely, let's go into the Sunday matchup for the Seahawks and the Packers. Now, the Seahawks and Packers—they are no strangers at all. I think that they can go. We can go back to like the Brett Favre days, but uh, Brett Favre, Matt Hasselbeck. I mean, you've had these teams. You know, strangely enough, they have matched up against each other several times throughout the years in the two thousands, the two thousand tens, whatever, man. But they played each other a plenty, and. Every time these two teams play, it's always a pretty tightly contested game. Uh, I still remember the Al Harris pick in overtime after Matt Hasselbeck promised that they were going to win. Uh, I also remember that the Seahawks were, I think they were down 0-14 to or something like that. And they came back and did a stunning comeback against the Packers. Uh, so, I mean, there, there's, there's a couple things to consider in the mix of that. Even regular season, you can talk about some controversial calls that have happened. Uh, on the national spotlight between the Packers and the Seahawks uh but when I look at this team honestly like the Seahawks the number five seed playing the Packers at Lambeau Field that is no easy task at all but then at the same time I mean I look at this Packers team they're 13 and 3 but man they're a pretty weak 13 and 3 team I- I'm just gonna say it out loud because I mean you got their asses handed to the Niners for one of their losses um last game of the season to secure the number two seed they beat the lions but they had to really claw and force their way in uh to get the win against the lions and the lions aren't that good too so i think they're an inconsistent team uh this is a team where aaron Rodgers, while he is a very good quarterback duh but he's a very good quarterback but he's been having an off year he hasn't been the aaron Rodgers that i've been accustomed to uh, but then at the same time, too, you look at this running game with Aaron Jones, who has uh, give and take like 1,100 rushing yards, 16 touchdowns, which is insane. So you have the running game A1 this year, and you have a very good defense uh, led by the Smiths, Zedarius so Smith, Preston Smith off the edges, and he has some pretty cool secondary pieces now with Kevin King and Jair Alexander, and so... You know, this Packers team, early on, their defense led them and dominated football games for them. Later on, you saw the running game, and then later on, you saw a little bit of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but this is a inconsistent team that play at home. That might be good enough, because, I mean, against the Seahawks team, this Seahawks team is just as inconsistent as any other team. I mean, they have 12 wins in their own rights, but you know what? I mean... Their running game, they have Travis Homer. They have Marshawn Lynch, uh, who they they picked up off the streets. They are rolling with their punches with their offensive line. Dwayne Brown, their left tackle. I hope he plays, but he's up in the air. Uh, Mikey Iopati, I know he's up in the air at guard. Uh, Jermaine Effetti, he's still hit and miss at right tackle. And so their offensive line remains a work in progress. Their pass rush Thank God for J.D. Davion Clowney for showing up against the Eagles. But, you know, he's been hurt the last couple of weeks. Uh, he had a sack and, and a couple of nice plays against the Eagles. But they're going to really need him to step up in the pass rush department. And this secondary has been, you know, up and down all season. Uh, but thankfully, you know, they, they traded for Quandre Diggs from the Lions. Actually, ironically, when we talk about the Lions, but they traded for him. And he did not play that game against the Niners in Week 17. But aside of that, no, he's been he's been great. I mean, he is a difference maker for the secondary. You're getting him, you're getting a high level Shaquille Griffin. So I'll be intrigued to see how both these teams, both the Seahawks and the Packers, respond uh, come postseason time because they're very inconsistent. Both teams are very inconsistent, which leads me to believe that this is going to be a tight game. Now, when the Seahawks have the football. And you're playing the Packers. I mean, first and foremost, I think that, yeah, the run game. Pete Carroll for, and it's ironic too, because both Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, they are A1, tier one sort of quarterbacks. And it seems like both their head coaches, whether it's Matt Lafleur or Pete Carroll, I won't say they're holding them back, but they're going to try to run the football. Uh, And I know that for the Seahawks, they're going to try to run the football with Travis Homer is the go-to starter, and you're going to get a little bit of Marshawn Lynch uh, later on in the game. And so they need to run the football decently. I won't say well. um, It's going to be tough in Green Bay weather, but they need to run the football decently to give Russell Wilson um, some time in the pocket to get some pressure off for him, to get him in some play action situations because you have Zadarius Smith, I think he's at, he's got like 12 and a half sacks. You have Preston Smith in the middle. You have Kevin Clark. I mean, you have some really interesting pieces for this Packers front seven. And so, yeah, man, they got to run the football well, decent enough for Russell Wilson to do Russell Wilson things because, you know, from a pass protection perspective, I don't feel too good about where they're at right now. I mean, you might have George fans in at left tackle. And I know that, He was kind of hurt and limited in practice hopefully he gets wayne brown but even then he's coming off uh surgery on his knee and so that doesn't sound too hot jermaine effetti he you can always count on him for like a false start one false start a game so there's a couple things where i don't like uh i don't like them protecting the edges between the smith brothers and so they got to run the football man they really got to run the football and the second thing is when they have the football too is I think that Tyler Lockett is going to be messed up against Jair Alexander because Jair Alexander is the faster cornerback out of the two. Kevin King, he's he's the high-lind um, towering cornerback, and he's going to be messed up against DK Metcalf. Now, DK Metcalf is coming off a, a, what a seven catch, 160 yard rookie breakout performance uh, against the Eagles, and I think he's going to be very important for this game as well. I mean, he's kind of like their their game breaker right now, and he's coming off a very strong game, obviously against the Eagles. And so for Russell Wilson, I think that the matchup at hand is going to be Kevin King versus DK Metcalf. And if DK Metcalf can continue to string along these strong games, I mean that is going to be stellar for this offense to keep them right in the mix, because I mean you're gonna be, you know you're gonna have a run game to keep Russell Wilson alive. You're gonna have uh, a couple of couple of plays, a couple of dump offs, you know, using the, the legs of Russell Wilson to keep them afloat on the offense. And then, boom, you have DK Metcalf down the middle, like we saw last week. So that's, you know, that's what I'm hoping for, at least for the Seahawks. Now, when the Packers have the football and the Seahawks are on defense, a couple things to consider for this as well. I mean, for one, Michael Kendricks, they're a weak side linebacker. He tore his ACL, so he's out. Hoodie Barton is in. He did rather well, you know, the first time around replacing him against the Eagles in coverage. But, you know, it's things to consider. Um, I know that the Seahawks typically like to go staying in their base defense with Wagner, KJ Wright, and I guess Barton now. But with Michael Kendricks now out, I mean, are they continue to to stay with this base defense? I mean, can you trust Cody Barton? Or are you going to put, you know, a nickel back on, on these passing situations it's, it's interesting it's a, you know it's a game of chess when it comes to football and so will cody barton compromise their defensive scheme that remains to be seen but at the very least i know that the packers with aaron jones and their run game will try to stay like active it's just as much as the seahawks because of the weather too They're gonna try to run the football with aaron jones and i'll be intrigued to see how you know the seahawks do how will this front seven do on the road in the Frozen tundra at Lambeau Field. Um, and then, you know, I think that, you know, more importantly, for this Aaron Rodgers passing attack, it's no secret who his favorite target is. It's Devontae Adams out of Fresno State. Devontae Adams is his most sought-after target in the same capacity as Shrew Brees looking for Michael Thomas. And I think the biggest matchup for this game is going to be Shaquille Griffin against... Devonte adams Devonte adams he's a stud of a receiver and you know for chico griffin this is going to be a big matchup for him because i know the rest of the secondary has been you know up and down with between trey flowers and a couple of their other defensive backs but i'll be really intrigued to see how this matchup goes another thing to note is you know Quandre Diggs. obviously he makes a huge addition at the free safety spot but overall the secondary can be had and if they can shut down Devonte adams or at least contain him uh, that will go a long way towards a victory for for the Seahawks. The last thing to note, and I mentioned this before too, it's their pass rush. I mean, going into the postseason, I think their, their number one sack leader was Rasheem Green, and he had four sacks. Notable, but you, know, you, you want more out of this pass rush department. And it was encouraging what you saw last week against the Eagles. They had seven sacks as a team, but given they had... Josh McCown under center for the Eagles and so I just still don't know how good this pass rush could be uh, especially against Aaron Rodgers. Um, Aaron Rodgers come playoff time usually he likes to throw the ball away or you know he doesn't like to run the ball as much he doesn't like to be in those certain situations but come playoff time I mean for those that forgot um, he's got some wheels himself he's shifty he can run Uh, he can slip out not like Russell Wilson like but he's certainly capable in his own right and so you know, just containing Aaron Rodgers, how are they going to do? Where is that pass rush going to come from? Uh, can Jadeveon Clowney continue to be Jadeveon Clowney? Uh, the G- Jadeveon Clowney that I know, that where he can be. Uh, because, I mean, between Brian Beluga, David Bakhtiari, I mean, they have some pretty, pretty solid tackles on both sides of the offensive line. So, where you see the pass rush go will also be a big predicament on this game because... If you give Aaron Rodgers enough time and you allow him to do Aaron Rodgers things, kind of similar to Russell Wilson, it's going to be trouble. I think that for both teams, they're going to try to get to the quarterback because, yeah, man, both these quarterbacks are really effing good. Uh, The run game only serves its purpose to keep defenses honest so you don't have obvious passing situations for Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. So that should be interesting. And with that being said, uh, this is a game where it's gonna be it's gonna be cold. It's gonna be at Lambeau Field, and you have two up and down teams on offenses, and you have two defenses where you know technically the Packers have the much better pass rush, but at the same time too, the Seahawks team could be a little tricky as the Niners and a couple other teams kind of test when you play the Seahawks team. I mean, the Seahawks team right now they've They've strung uh, like the most wins this season they got 12 wins this season where i think what 10 of them were decided by less than a touchdown and i expect this sort of game to be pretty damn close in its own right so let's circle back with this uh right now the spread for this game is packers minus four over under 46 and a half hmm damn four four over under 46 and a half okay so i will put this game 28 to 24 and i feel it's gonna be a, a tight game but who gets the 28th and who gets the 24 oh man that's gonna be a tough one i think that As much as I like the NFC West matchup in the conference championship, I think that having that home field advantage will make a factor. I think that they have a better pass rush. I think that eventually that will be a factor. Russell Wilson needs to have... And I I can't emphasize this enough. He has to have a perfect game against the Packers. Because I feel that the Packers, even if Aaron Rodgers isn't at his best, um, they have a solid defense. They have a, a decent run game to... Take advantage of that home field to get them by for the victory. But if the Seahawks do win, you're going to have to see the best of Russell Wilson on the road. And I don't know about those chances. So go ahead and give me the Packers 28. Give me the Seahawks 24. So all in all, the way I look at it, you have the Niners defeating the Vikings 30-24. And then you have the Packers defeating the Seahawks 28-24. to 24. So, it should be really interesting. I'm looking forward to the divisional playoff series this weekend. It should be really fun for, for all fans alike. AFC, NFC, Raiders, Niners, Bills, I, I, I don't know. It should be really interesting to watch this weekend. And let's go ahead and do another breakdown. You have the Titans against the Ravens. The Ravens are favored by 9.5. I think that this should be closer than that i know the ravens are well rested but at the same time too maybe a little too much rest they haven't really played real football the last couple of weeks and you're talking about a titans team that's pretty hot they just defeated the patriots for christ's sake and they can run the football just as well as anyone so for that give me the ravens taking the titans but i think it's gonna be a closer matchup Give me the Ravens twenty seven. Give me the Titans twenty three. Twenty seven to twenty three Ravens. It's gonna be a tighter one. I'm looking forward to that game. And that's on Saturday at five fifteen. Uh, for Sunday, the Seahawks play at three forty, but you have a twelve o'clock game between the Texans and the Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored by nine and a half over under fifty one. That's an interesting matchup because you have you know in the same draft class you have Deshaun Watson. Out of Clemson, representing the Texans. And you have Patrick Mahomes out of Texas Tech, representing the Chiefs. Same draft class. Both are studs. But 9.5 points over under 51. Give me the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are well-rested. They're the much better team. They're the most consistent team in comparison to the Texans. You don't know what you're going to get out of the Texans for, for to be honest with you, I don't know with this pass protection and a couple other things. They were down, like, what, 16-0 to zero against the Bills last week, and they pulled one out. But I think it stops here. I think that the Chiefs can cover. I think that the Chiefs will probably pull away, and, you know, you'll you'll see them in the Divisional. Or, not the Divisional, the, the Conference Championship of the AFC. So, give me the Chiefs 34 and give me the Texans 21. A higher scoring game. But I think that eventually. The Chiefs are going to pull off. And advance to the next round. Anywho. Once again thank you so much for checking out the podcast. You can continue to check me out. Whether it's on Spotify. Or iTunes. Twitter at Just the West. Instagram at Just the West. And of course the blog www.justthewest.com Till next time. We out here. Peace. Have a great weekend.